Hey everyone, welcome to the Crypto Unstacked podcast, where we cover everything from crypto finance to global macro. I'm your host, Leslie Lam. This week, I am honored to be joined by Li Xin Cohen, Deputy Chairman of Christie's International, and Mia Deng, partner at Dragonfly Capital, to talk about the NFT marketplace they co-founded called TR Lab. Xin is an extraordinaire in the traditional art world, having started at Sotheby's and now represents Christie's Auction House as a contemporary art specialist working with high-profile Chinese art collectors. Prior to joining Dragonfly Capital, Mia was a founding member of Amber Group and a product manager at bike-sharing company Mobike, which was sold to China's largest shopping platform Meituan. These two powerhouses are now leading TR Lab, which offers an end-to-end service for both artists and collectors looking to engage with NFT art. As you'll learn, the platform has a strong curatorial mission, aiming to create unique experiences for collectors and to showcase art from a roster of world-leading artists. The platform's first auction was recently announced and kicks off on July 14th for a 48-hour period featuring works by Chinese artist Cai Guoqiang. The NFT is called Transient Eternity, which fuses together 100 ignition moments from Tsai's legendary gunpowder paintings. If you're interested, be sure to head on over to trlab.io for more information. With that, let's get on with the show. Thanks so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy this week's episode. Hey, Sina and Mia. Welcome to Crypto and Stacks. It's so great to have you on the show today. Hi, thank you. Thank you. It's uh, our honor to be here. Sin, you are currently the deputy chairman of Christie's International. Uh, would love to just get to know more about your background and introduce you to the Crypto Unstacked audience. And would love to kind of peel back your own personal story, kind of going into the art world. Can you take us back to your 20s? What was it like breaking into the world of art at that time? I'm so happy to be here and to share my story and also our new venture TR Lab with everyone. Um, in my 20s, as every girl, you know, we have a dream. And at that time, I wanted to be in Paris to be a model. So I went to Paris in 1996. And from there, I went to New York. So my world became much bigger. So I modeled for about 12 years. And one day I was in this event, bump into one of my best friends uh, now. So uh, Diana Picasso, who introduced me to the art world. And I started working at the South Beast and then moved to Christie's. Uh, in the last uh, decade, I've been working in the auction houses. So from there, you know, I always want to try some uh, new adventure and always attracted to a different field and even when I was modeling, I was doing film and production, all different things. But once, uh, like Mia and a few friends come to me uh, talking about their new venture, TR Lab, I was immediately drawn into it because uh, Christy started doing people sale. And back to 
January, we started preparing. And so by February, everybody start hear people. But it's only when the result come out, everybody shocked. And so for me, this is uh, the crypto world, you know, to tell the whole world, here we are. And everybody start looking at the NFT artists, digital artists. And digital artists in the art world, they've been there for, you know, decades. But because of a technology, everything, their work wasn't appreciated before. And only with the, the crypto blockchain technology, now we can really evaluate their works. So when Mia first time talked to me, I just felt tear up this whole concept. It's a brilliant, you know. First of all, Mia come out with the name Tabula Raza, and we all love it. It's a Latin um, meaning blank slate. And it's a perfect description of what we want to do, um, TR Lab. Basically, we provide a blank slate to all the creators and you know for them it's like in the physical world you provide a canvas to a artist so i started you know just talking with mia and a few other co-founders and at the end i said you know if if there is an opportunity i can jump into a new world this is the one Absolutely. I I love how open-minded you are because I feel like that's not always the case for participants in the art world. There is a status quo. There is a way that things have been done. And really, a lot of people do see NFTs as being disruptive to the art world. And we'll kind of get to that point um, throughout our conversation. But going back to something that you said about, you know, preparing for the Beeple auction, did you get an opportunity to speak with him? during the process of putting together the auction for his artwork? Unfortunately, I didn't have the chance to speak to people because I was, before I joined TR Lab, I was more focused in the traditional physical art world, especially uh, focusing on modern contemporary art. And, you know, from Picasso, uh, Rothko, to Andy Warhol and to any living artist today. And that was my really focus. And the digital art and NFT just come later, like this year, when I really started talking to Mia. <laughs> I give all the credit to <laughs> Mia. And so before that, I just know Christy, we have uh, young colleagues, you know, suggested Christy, we should do the NFT. And because of a pandemic, everybody at home and Christie started focusing on online sales. So everything makes sense. But I don't think before the beginning of May, a beginning of March, when the result come out, no one really prepared what this big sale means to the whole world. It's kind of a revolution. So I feel I'm so blessed to have this opportunity from traditional artwork coming to the the new world, the new era, and have someone like a dragonfly like Mia to lead me, you know, swing right into the the center to the pool. Yeah, Mia, we'd love to understand 
how you personally uh, got interested in NFTs, right? Was it a function of your experience working as an investor with uh, with Dragonfly? Or is it because you have a, a passion for art already? And that's kind of what accelerated your interest in wanting to learn about NFTs? Yeah, I've always had a, a enduring passion for arts. And uh, I see a lot of parallel patterns between the history of art and the history of technology. And that's how I sort of apply, uh, you know, because the underlying uh, I think story is how, you know, humans uh, create crafts, right? Like both for art and technology. And so uh, looking at NFT is really that kind of perfect marriage of my growth interest, in, you know, as a crypto VC and also uh, art lover. So um, I think it's inevitable that uh, we are at this point in our time that, uh, you know, the information uh, revolution is mature enough to support this kind of uh, movement. So broadly in the NFTs in general, I think we as a fund are really excited about it because we think that it is a pathway to bring the next billion people on, into the crypto economy. Because uh, as we developing like DeFi and, you know, cryptos in general, it's still quite, uh, you know, like tactic for a lot of the, um, the everyday and day-to-day -day people. Whereas for NFTs, it's uh, some of their favorite artists and uh, rappers and, you know, musicians, and that's how they feel relatable. And I think that presents a tremendous opportunity into, you know, bringing more people. Yeah, it's a very social, a social experience, either as a creator or as a collector, kind of different from the traditional art world, perhaps, it's very direct to consumer. It's direct to collector, right, from the creator's perspective. And I think that's a little bit different from how things are done, perhaps in the traditional world, where uh, typically, you know, an artist might strive to uh, be represented by a gallery. Um, and the gallery is the one who's really sharing the story of the artist and trying to match with like, I don't know, the, the perfect collector or something like that. I don't have um, an art background, but from my basic knowledge, I think that's how it's like, right? So there's sort of an intermediary that helps to broker that relationship between the creator and the collector. Absolutely. And I think that, um, I think NFTs are, are the perfect infrastructure for digital art, because uh, if you look at digital art, like Sun mentioned earlier, it's not very well, quote unquote, well treated in the, in the, in the uh, old art world, because it's given that the art, uh, digital art has only been around for decades, but the, you know, the, the sort of the auction and, you know, the, traditional art world has been around for centuries, right? There's there's that conflict between the new emergence and uh, with the old structure. And so I think that NFT effectively enables digital, any digital file to have value, right? And then sort of does this, has this like global liquidity aspect to it. And that is how like a uh, digital artists and anyone can issue anything and suddenly be able to face anyone in the world to be collected by. So I think that's what's really exciting for uh, this new genre. So I think it's NFT art should be discussed in the broader context of digital art. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Xin, can you share with us from the collector's perspective, when you're looking to make an NFT purchase or you're helping perhaps uh, someone uh, make an NFT purchase, what are you looking for, right? And how might this experience be different from the way that you nurture relationships with collectors in the traditional art world? From since January, February, I'm 
I actually started making a collection on NFT and try to understand, you know, the different world and also the mentality, and also to understand from the creativity uh, perspective. One thing I noticed because once I went all the platform, you know, difficult to to know. Even to choose what you like because it's like an open sea. But that's why one of the platform called Open Sea is definitely an open sea. You easily got lost. So at the beginning, I was really、um, open. I just click everything I see and try to understand. But when come to collecting, I think at the end is quality. It's you know NFT. As we all now, we all say it will be here to stay, and it will be, you know, part of、um, art history, all the NFT artworks. So once it's art, I think we have to look at the creativity, and also in the NFT area, the technology they use、uh, as a digital art. But very important is their meaning, is their depth. In it, so it's like when in the physical art world, you go to you go to Christie, Sotheby's, all the auction houses and the big galleries. You know these are already filtered、uh, by all these institutions, and you go, you said, oh, this artist is great, but actually the gallery chosen the artist from one of thousands, and it's the same in the. Uh, digital world. I think you have to be able to filter, to choose as a collector, and to know what you really love and passionate about. Absolutely, Mia. Can you bring in your perspective here to talk about perhaps some of the generational differences that you see amongst art collectors? Right. I guess the first question is: Are you an NFT collector yourself?、Uh, because then you can just talk about your own experience. You know. Definitely, I think the、um, I'm also dipping my toes in in the field, right? And I think、uh, I'm still like trying to figure out what is the framework for uh, uh, NFT art, evaluating NFT art, because I think it's necessary to sort of draw uh, um, uh, references back to the beginning of digital art. And I'm still waiting to see、um, better content to come out. But I think、uh, overall, I think the、uh, From a young perspe-、uh, collector's perspective, a lot of the social presence of the artist is sort of how is one metric you can use to measure,、uh, you know, whether there's a, a mass following and、uh, things like that. Because that's how you know how has the、uh, digital artists have always been, you know, sort of displaying their works. And secondly,、uh, you look at the craft. Obviously, just like Sun said,、uh, like you know, there is、uh, this level of Level of craftsmanship that you, you can use to evaluate whether、um, this、uh, this artist is using generally pro-、uh, processing like sort of programming languages or、uh, different kind of graphics, and that the effect itself is also something that、um, is interesting to sort of like build sort of、uh, understanding on. Yeah, Xin. I was、uh, reading a book recently by Hans Oberst,、um, and for our listeners who aren't familiar, he is a very well-known art curator who currently serves as the artistic director of the Serpentine Gallery in London. 
And uh, he, he quotes a philosopher in this book who says that the contemporary person is one who does not coincide perfectly with their own time. So this contemporary person is not one who coincides perfectly with their own time. How do you define contemporaneity and, and by extension, I guess, a contemporary collector, right? I've always been wondering about that. You know, what defines a modern collector or a contemporary collector, uh, you know, especially with this new NFT narrative now coming into play, does that definition kind of become a little bit muddled now? Well, um, I know Hans, and, you know, as you said, he's very well known in the art world. And always people follow him on his Instagram, and he's been doing a lot of interesting things. So uh, his quote, from my understanding, is uh, the artists, all collectors, actually we are living, you know, we are one step front of the contemporary what we are living in uh, for example um, the owner of uh, Christie's Mr. Francois Pinot who just opened the museum in Paris the new museum called Books de Commerce if you look at Mr. Pinot's collection in the last he put together in the last 30 40 years right it's he's always a step ahead of everyone and he's a contemporary collector. But only five years later, sometime even 10 years later, everybody realized the artist he chose is wow. It's everybody followed. And it's the same. We say contemporary artists, but how many times we go to a museum and we look at a piece and everybody said, I don't understand. Because yeah, we don't we don't understand it because only later, maybe ten years or twenty years later, everybody knows. So this is the same with right now the NFT art. Of course, you know half of the people would say I don't understand. Even some artists have still try to figure out this whole technology. But this is what attractive the contemporary world and. NFT, I think, is definitely just step ahead of a normal contemporary world we're living in. Yeah, I love that. I love that take. Mia, where would you say we are currently in the NFT market? Talk a little bit about the cycle, because that's what the artists and creators tuning in are wondering about. Is this even worth my time doing now? Because it seems like NFT activity has died down, right? Is there even interest from the collector's side? You know, and this correlates more broadly with kind of the cooldown that we've seen in crypto as well. So perhaps put your investor uh, hat on here and kind of talk to how you see the landscape of the NFT market and where it's headed. I think that um, this felt very similar to the 2017 ICO phase where everyone's expectation overshot a little bit, right? Like given this new technology suddenly is in front of everyone and people are really excited and going to the technology uh, adoption hype cycle thing, right? Like right now we're in a definitely in a correction phase. I, I actually tend to draw back a little bit from like the applying a bear market phrase onto the current state of because I think 
NFTs are not purely financial assets, right? It's it's qualitative, it's subjective tokens, right? And then subjectivity is something some sometimes unmeasurable with uh, money. So, um, so I think right now we're 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 in a phase where um, um, it's out there. People are aware, and uh, people are are starting to create. You know, we're we're, we're like TR Lab is actually working with. Uh, a leading uh, contemporary artist right now on his first au auction, uh, which we can get into uh, in our podcast. And so I think I think we are in that phase of like building up for the even a broader uh, uh, influx of uh, assets and content coming into uh, into a space, and not not just fine art. It's going to be you know broader IP in general. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, Mia, now I, I think would be a great time to dive deeper into TR Labs, right? This initiative that was also led by, I believe, the founders of a platform called Artsy, um, the Shanghai Rockbone Museum, and Art021, which is one of Asia's largest art fairs. Talk more about the vision for the TR Lab platform. And how it's doing things a little bit differently than a lot of the other NFT marketplaces out there. So I think number one, we believe that the NFTs have this uh, originality effect, which different from like DeFi, right? A Bitcoin in China is the same as a Bitcoin in the US, right? Like DeFi is finance, is like water, it flows across borders. But NFTs are different. NFTs are taste tokens. And taste is regional. There is that kind of like regional effect of it. So we were looking at uh, NFT uh, landscape in Asia, and we found that they're really still pretty underdeveloped. So we thought like bringing together the really assembled the founding uh, investors and partners being, you know, native to crypto, which, you know, Dragonflies were brings and also uh, native to the art world, which is you know, artsy and Rockwell Museum and Sim himself. And that sort of the perfect DNA that would make sense for our uh, NFT platform. And then secondly, there are a ton of artists looking to create in NFT space, but they're uh, daunted by this market noise and as well as you know the complexity of the tech. And at TR Lab, there is this production studio, which is a way for artists to work together with uh, with a team to understand and navigate the technical challenges of creating NFT works. And so I think that is also understanding why certain techniques make sense for NFT artworks itself, not just minting a token, but really think about how do you add like smart contract dimensions and various aspects to make the art itself interesting. Uh, so that takes a strong curatorial aspect to it as well. The first auction that will be held on TR Lab is presenting works by a Chinese artist called Cai Guoqiang. And the NFT is called Transient Eternity, 101 Ignitions of Gunpowder Paintings, which fuses 100 different ignition moments from his more prominent gunpowder paintings. Tell us about how this auction was put together and what Tsai Guoqiang thinks about turning moments created through these physical artworks into NFT collectibles. So first of all, this work commissioned by Shanghai Rockbound Museum. And Cai Guoqiang was uh, the first artist who opened the museum 10 years ago. And for their uh, 10th anniversary, I think this is a perfect match 
the Commission Thai, and of course, I've been following Thai's work for the last decades, and he's always in breathing innovation and always using a different medium for his creation. So when we, um, you know, with the Rockbound Museum and the Thai, when we start talking about this project together, for him, it's at we prepared a few months ago for this project, but everything for Thai, it makes sense. It's NFT, this is a new technology, and for sh of course he would experiment. And as we say, the contemporary artists, even three months ago, you know, people didn't really understand NFT art, the whole meaning, but he was the one really dived in. And so when we were talking, he make um, gunpowder on canvas or on paper, but everybody you see it, just the result, the painting itself, or you go to see his uh, big uh, firework project. No one really look at, you know, that moment, the ignition, and which is the most important uh, part of the whole creation because I went to his studio when he was making some artworks and it's a fascinating that moment I can feel he was excited he was nervous because everything can goes wrong and you know and the pen is doesn't even come out so I think now with this technology he can really put together the hundred moments which 101 moments but we putting first 100 moments as a one NFT. And it's his journey. He started in the last few years, all his exhibitions he did from uh, Prado Museum to Uffizi Museum to the Pompe Museum. And I would say he's probably the only contemporary artist who is doing all the museum shows around the world. And everybody, he's, he has a program for museum exhibitions lined up for the next five years. And so he was like, I want to, this is very meaningful as he right now just, uh, he going to open the new exhibition in Shanghai at the uh, Pudong Art Museum. And he had the last exhibition in Beijing, the Forbidden City Museum. So this is his journey since he left China, went to the West, come to the West, and then, you know, to have this moment minted to NFT and to stay forever with on the blockchain and with someone. And this is, we all just got so excited and we just announced yesterday this whole project and we already uh, received a lot of requests from both traditional artwork, the collectors, and also the crypto. Yeah, amazing. It's so the, the fusion of these two worlds, right, that really don't need to be so divided because 
each world can learn from each other, right? Digital art, as, as, as you guys have been talking about, didn't just spring up overnight with like an NFT overlay. Um, the world has been transitioning to become more digital, right? We say that we're um, becoming a more digital economy that's been really accelerated, of course, by the internet and more recently by technology enabled by crypto. But it's this fusing of the two worlds that I think both of you find uh, personally just so interesting, right? So Mia, can you tell us how people are able to access this NFT? Should they win the auction? Walk us through that process. Yeah, so right now the we've just announced it. Um, so I think everybody is welcome to register, uh, you know, just sign up. Uh, and then the formal auction is going to happen on July 14th. Everybody's free to bid with crypto or US dollars. It's pretty straightforward. In terms of the, the minting process, right? I, I imagine there are people uh, helping Tai to, to, to mint these works into NFTs. Um, talk a bit about that process and how creators who are tuning in, who might look to list on TR Lab, uh, can, can think about that process. So uh, as mentioned, uh, TR Lab, there is a production studio, uh, which is uh, effectively a uh, full step process of like uh, first evaluating like whether the works are, uh, in, you know, are, has a cure, like really from a curatorial perspective, like how do you make it interesting to put it on NFT, right? We're, we're not like putting just a photo of a painting on an NFT, like that doesn't make sense, but uh, really, uh, looking at uh, yeah from an art artistry perspective what is interesting to be converted and then uh, we also uh, TR Lab also has like a, a tech team that really does the hand-holding process of like uh, doing the you know the file and holding um, the process is all <clears throat> really it's like sort of guided step by step. You talk about this curatorial mission right and that's what might set you apart from other types of marketplaces I believe in one of your blogs that you wrote, uh, you talk about the differences between the curatorial process for digital art and for you know traditional physical artworks. In what ways do you see the curatorial process being different? And you know, would also love to hear Sheen's thoughts on on that as well. Yeah, actually, would love to have Sheen to take on this first because I think she's an expert. <laughs> So on TR Lab, you know, we intend to um, carefully choose the artist first, the artist creator we, we would like to work with. And from there, we already set up the bar. So it's not, uh, we don't take everyone come in, come in and just put them there because we want to be like one-on-one. -on -one. As we say, we have the concierge service, but provide for for the collectors and artists. So each artist, from the first time we talk to them, we we are very much involved in their creation, and you know, the end of minting to the NFT just the last like very you know with all the technology is actually is easy it's the beginning how to how to because many uh physical artists they are still try to understand like they are still figuring out what this whole nft space means for them so we try to help them to lead them 
and with the traditional um, curatorial world, art world, you have a museum and you have the galleries, even the galleries doing an exhibition, you know, it's always some involved with the curatorial theme as well. So it's the same with the museum. So we, in our uh, TR lab, we just, you know, we want to mix we take some part from the traditional world, like a museum, we are picking up the artists and helping them to uh, create the, you know, with their art work from the physical, um, traditional medium and how to merge with the, the new world. Do you see from your own network that perhaps the collectors of Thai's physical artworks are also interested now in bidding for his, you know, NFT in, in, in this upcoming auction? We, we, since we announced yesterday, we already received a few collectors, you know, of been collecting Thai's work in the last 20 years and they already checking out and texting me and asking what this NFT works. I I just feel, you know, this is the area where now everybody feel they should look at into it and everybody, even they don't understand for the moment, but every, you know, people have a children, they have a young people around them. so. It, this is a next generation and this is a many collector if they collect if they've been collecting Thai's work they are already quite advanced mm. because Thai's work is not traditional oil on canvas it was it's gunpowder on canvas it's already been questioned you know this is very advanced so we are expecting um, we we have uh, the collectors from both sides. That's really interesting. And that's sort of what I figured as well, right? If uh, if you're already so invested in uh, the artist, you're not particular to one medium, right? And you would be even more open to kind of new and innovative things because it sort of piques your interest in terms of like, you know, how you view this artist, right? Agreeing to NFT his work, I think, is already a sign that, you know, he, he is continuously trying to reinvent himself, which is, I think, a theme amongst artists, right? Especially as we talk about, you know, connecting to the next generation. It's the ability to be flexible, adapt to the tastes of a new age of collectors. I don't know, Mia, do you have certain thoughts on on that? Yeah, actually, going back to the curatorial process, I think I'm personally very excited about the implementation of DAOs for uh, curation for uh, NFT art. And we've seen like, um, you know, like Flamingo DAO and uh, Blizzard DAO, like as like the examples of that. And um, <clears throat> like, if we look at the, the, you know, back in history, right, there's, uh, whenever there's a new genre that emerges, there's always that kind of like tension with the sort of the more like the older or the elite uh, uh, older structure. So, um, but I think with DAO, actually, uh, that could be different this time. Um, because um, if you think about 
uh, there is a saying in Chinese like like right? where you sit like will determine how you think, right? And then without effectively you democratize this uh, uh, this this way of like uh, your, your your way of feeling of sense of belonging, like you can be loosely belonging into a DAO, and then uh, having this DAO to uh, really invite people from both uh, the crypto native worlds and and also the R worlds can really I think uh, t like together have this opportunity to really shape the uh, narrative forward. Yeah, and speaking of democratizing, um, you've also talked about in one of the write-ups recently that it democratizes the act of collecting to such a broad group of people. Um, you know, really anyone who has an internet connection uh, has access to galleries all around the world without needing to be anywhere physically, right? Without needing a sort of golden ticket to, uh, you know, participate in a certain auction, perhaps that a, a Christie's or, or Sotheby's might my host, um, I would be really curious to understand, I guess, just between the conversations that you both have had uh, so far about NFTs, are there tensions between the traditional art world, the traditional auction houses like Christie's, and this kind of new age crowd, right, uh, trying to democratize the process? Is there, is, is there anything that is, is uncomfortable about this whole NFT thing? Well, since I've been working in the auction houses and for the last decade, and one thing um, is very clear, the auction houses always go to where the collectors are, where the collectors will be. That's why you see from Christie Sotheby, they've been putting NFT auctions since the people sell almost every week between all the auction houses there is an NFT sale and because everybody believe this is the next this is the you know where the next collectors are so I of course there in the traditional art world there are people still questioning about NFT art and if it's art but i i think most people agree it's what is not an artist is art is what defined an NFT art like you know there's so many suddenly we every every day we we think about talk about an NFT and there is artworks and from traditional um artist creation or from but how we define that art and i actually see all the auction houses right now is hyping to form this whole ecosystem because the mall institution uh, auction houses and galleries get into this space the better for everybody to grow. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, when we look at an artist like Tsai, right, who is, of course, very prominent already in the traditional art world, I'd be curious to talk about the aspect of pricing work. Because honestly, speaking to creators, that's something that uh, they have really so many questions around, because unlike in the traditional art world, you have this option to price work 
in crypto, right? Uh, specifically, you know, Ethereum, which is where a lot of the NFT activity is currently. Um, you know, and there's certain thoughts around, oh, I don't want to anchor uh, the the value of my work uh, with a volatile asset like ETH because, you know, it can go up, it can go down. The perception of the value of the work can also similarly be like Ethereum's down. So the artwork itself, you know, must must not be worth that much. Um, so I'd be curious to understand, you know, his artwork is, is surely worth quite a bit in the traditional world when it comes to the NFTs. Now, how does the pricing kind of translate over into that medium? Uh, I love the NFT artwork. One thing is, like you said, in traditional artwork, the auction houses, gallery price, you know, pricing the artist works. But I, so far, what I see in the NFT artwork is the fan base, the community, is the market. So it's not we pricing. It's we put the artwork there and let the collectors decide what the price would be. And in terms of the, you know, Ethereum, but it's the same with the US dollar. <laughs> That's why we don't even put an um, estimate on Thai's work. We want the collector to decide what the value of the work. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay, right, because it's an auction, right? So, so it's a little bit different than, you know, someone listing. I guess on TR Lab, would there be, you know, creators listing their work for an estimated price or like a, a set price? Or will it always kind of be this auction style listing? One um, one of addition one we will be just putting out there, and we will also later on put you know addition like uh, let's say one hundred, and at that time we will put the pricing. But the main focus is to uh, return something to the community, and this is we've been talking with the artists. Right, right. Yeah. So tell us about where the funds would go post-auction. What is Tsai thinking about there? The proceeds, half will go to the Rockbound Museum to support their digital art community. And half will go to Tsai Foundation. He's been supporting Asian artists coming uh, go to America to study. So one thing we've been... Uh, like TR Lab, we, we want to do is to work with the institution and to, you know, like what the same model we are doing with the um, Rockbound Museum and Thai. So we're going to do this over and over, work with the museums, institution and the artists. And I think this is a win-win situation for everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mia, do you have anything to, to add there? She made a great point. Working with uh, cultural institutions is really the key here, um, because you know, as driving adoption of our uh, of our genre, like these cultural institutions are the gatekeepers, are the distribution channels to the, the public. Uh, and secondly, what gives our value, like from a pure like uh, collecting perspective, is the provenance, right? So having that provenance and the recorded records is also gradually sort of building up the credibility of, of this art. Yeah, I think as we wrap up here, I would love to 
understand more about what you guys think are the future for NFTs, right? Mia, are you thinking about NFT applications beyond art right now, which has been the main focus of this conversation, of course. But if we were to go two, three, four hours down the line in our conversation, I'm sure we'd end up talking about a massive universe in which NFTs could be applied, right? And for sure, I think the, you know, I fundamentally think that the parallel universe, as we call it, the metaverse is going to happen. And uh, crypto, like DeFi, is going to be the base layer, like the financial layer for, for this world. And if you think about what does the universe need, right? There's, there's that finance layer, but there's everything else, just like our, our real world. And I think art is the first, um, you know, sort of the very first application we're seeing. And then we're also starting to see like uh, things like gaming. But I, I, I believe there's going to be a ton more uh, assets uh, mirroring or natively created digitally uh, into this universe. Um, and so, yeah, like, you know, for example, like I'm, really uh, interested in seeing how like also NFTs can empower like emerging economies, uh, you know, really like <clears throat> reshuffling of this economic labor from this like play to earn model, things like that. So yeah, I think the potential is really uh, limitless. Seen what other questions do you have about NFTs that you're exploring personally, uh, wanting to understand on behalf of Christie's, of course, who will continue to support the NFT ecosystem and and the artists in this space. Yeah, talk a bit about like some of the questions that you you still have that perhaps uh, our listeners can help chime in if uh, if if they know the answers for. I guess um, the question is as a lot of people I've been talking with lately is how you know with the physical artwork you have the idea to put on your wall decorate your house and a lot of people said okay if i bought um nft works how are we gonna appreciate like except you know just look at on my phone so this is a question we've been at the tr lab we've been also asking ourselves how we can help the collectors to appreciate their NFT artworks once they build up a collection. And so we have a lot of discussion, which is go back to what Mia said about metaverse. You know, this is one, I think we, we probably one day open the space in the metaverse for collector. And we also can curate a show for them and to have their artworks metaverse. So this is, I think, a lot of people asking, you know, except looking from my phone, how we can appreciate more. Welcome, any suggestions? Yeah, no, I was just going to say, I, I can imagine a TR Lab, um, you know, gallery in the metaverse, right? Uh, putting up artworks that, you know, have kind of been, been sold through through your platform um, and, you know, constantly inviting anyone, right, who, who, you know, might not participate in the auction, but would love to appreciate the work that's kind of gone through your production studio, gone through the curatorial process, right? And, uh, and, and you know, for, for the average observer, right, who just wants to support the creators that have been incubated through TR Lab. So, um, yeah, that's definitely a big question. Not, not one we can answer, certainly, on this call, but, you know, something 
I believe a lot of similar institutions are asking as well, right? When we return back, uh, you know, fully into the physical world where we can engage and, you know, we can hopefully meet again, um, you know, in a in an in-person setting, uh, it's understanding how to continuously uh, merge the two worlds, the physical world and the digital world, and not to say, okay, great, COVID's over, we get to meet in person, now everything's back to physical. TR Lab is leading the pack here uh, when it comes to supporting creators in the space, as well as traditional artists looking to leverage a really innovative medium, which I found, find, find really beautiful. With that, Mia, Sin, thank you so much for coming on the Crypto Unstacked podcast today. And uh, I'm sure our listeners will really enjoy all the insights that you guys have shared today. Thank you so much, Leslie. The Crypto Unstacked podcast is meant for informational purposes only and should not be considered as financial or investment advice. Nothing expressed in this podcast should be construed as a solicitation, recommendation, endorsement, or offer by Amber Group to buy or sell any financial products. Information expressed by the host or guest in this podcast does not necessarily reflect the views of Amber Group.